It's time for episode 181 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March the 22nd, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where spring has sprung and so have we. I'm Jason Snell, and across <laughs> the internet from me is my co-host, Dan Morin. Happy spring, Dan. Happy. Is it spring? There's still like a foot of snow on the ground here. <laughs> it's spring. We have different definitions of spring. Just pretend the snow is no longer there. Does that work? I will keep trying. Yeah, this is Clockwise, uh, the podcast where we talk about four technology topics in 30 minutes or less. To my left, one of our two wonderful guests today, uh, Dan's my colleague from our Macworld days. She's the Associate Managing Editor at Macworld. It's Leah Yamshan. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Welcome back. Thank you. It's been a little while. Happy to be here. And to my left, the second of our wonderful guests, it's Slovenia's most prominent, and I'm going to argue tallest tech correspondent. <laughs> Andrzej Tomic is back. Hi, Andrzej. Hi. Well, the tallest part is true, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. I am going to give us our first topic of the day, and then we'll proceed clockwise. That's how it works. That's why the show is named Clockwise. Amazon this week added, added a little feature to its Kindle app on iOS that provides a share extension that means that you can finally see a web page and want to read it later on your Kindle and say, save it to my Kindle. And it like totally works. It saves it to the Kindle app. I think it syncs it. The whole thing, it actually works. And that put me in the mind of the heyday of Read It Later services. And I'm curious, are any of you still using Read It Later services like Pocket or Instapaper or or even uh, Apple's built-in reader? If so, what one do you use and what do you use it for? Yeah, um, I still use Pocket pretty much every day. Um, so my kind of workflow for content absorption, if you will, is um, I have a Feedly account where I have all my favorite websites tossed in there. So I go through that every day. I sometimes use Feedly's bookmark um, feature to stash things away in there, or I open them up in a tab. And if I don't get to it that day, I just hit my um, Pocket browser extension and stash it in my Pocket to read later. And I also dump um, all of the articles that get shared with me or that I come across in newsletters or other places, um, I stash those into Pocket, too, if I don't have a chance to read it. Um, And typically, I save my Pocket reading for the end of the day when I'm uh, commuting home on the bus. So, um, yeah. And then I also enjoy going through everything stashed in Pocket over the weekend over some coffee when I have a bit more time to kind of absorb it. So I would say mostly what I'm stashing is more like long form kind of articles rather than news. But yeah, I still use them pretty much every day. One of my favorite sayings is a plan is just a list of things that don't happen. And in this case, <laughs> this is just a, a read it later services or just lists of articles that I never get around to reading. Um, I used Instapaper for a little while uh, back in sort of its heyday. Uh, I use reading list a very small amount to sort of like, I, honestly, I end up using it kind of like bookmarks. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's a recipe. I'm just going to add that. Um, and I do I go back and look? Really not that often, if ever. So for me, if it's not something that I'm like, you know, engaged in reading right at this moment, it pretty much gets lost because of just the fire hose of news these days from social media. I still have an RSS reader hooked up. Um, you know, there's just too much to sort of uh, keep track of. Of all these things. And so I the most reliable way for me to make sure that I'm going to read something later is to leave it in an open tab on my Mac, <laughs> because eventually I will just get tired of there being extra tabs open and I will read the article 
or Safari will crash and all my tabs will get wiped out. And if it, you know, probably wasn't that important anyways, I guess. So yeah, not so much for me. I forgot to mention open tabs is one of the reader, read it later services. <laughs> That's mine. Yeah, I'm patenting that. I used to use uh, pocket quite a lot, but I've sort of refined my usage of it to really long stuff, which I'll save. And then I'm sort of like, then forget about it. But then I will read the stuff, uh, the articles in there during the summer. So I'll take out my iPad mini and I'll read there. So I just opened it and I have like this really long interview with David Letterman that's in there and a bunch of New Yorker pieces and stuff like that. Stuff that I'll find like through the day and I'll see, just I'll look at the scroll bar and I'll see how big it is. And if it's really tiny, it goes in there and waits till the summer. Basically, that's my, that's my plan. Yeah, so it's summer reading for me and it's pocket, yeah. I still use Instapaper, um, but mostly for its Kindle gateway, uh, which means that I suppose I could use, on iOS at least, I could use this feature now to do it. I, 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 uh, if you use Instapaper directly, it bundles up all of your um, articles or your 50 most recent articles in a, in a document and sends it to your Kindle every night when there's been a change, which is great. I, I don't read that all the time, but like Anje, I, I read it on a time delay. Like I find myself on airplanes a lot, and I'll, I'll open – when I'm on an airplane, I, I will open – um, the Kindle and I'll go to Instapaper and there will be these 50 articles that I probably vaguely remember saving at some point that, and I will sometimes read them and it's delightful to be like, oh yeah, thanks three months ago me for thinking that article was interesting because it was interesting. But uh, I, I rarely uh, do it in the, in the moment and like think like every day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my Instapaper fix. That doesn't happen. All right. That's one topic down. Leah, what do you have for us? So I just got back from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. And uh, last year, the city banned Uber and Lyft from operating there unless they agreed to fingerprint their drivers, which like hasn't happened yet, obviously. Um, and other local rideshare services have popped up, but they're just not as good as the bigger players. And many out-of-towners last week found themselves scrambling to figure out a transportation plan. So I was wondering, what modes of transportation do you usually use when you travel to other cities? And do you foresee the potential of an Uberless future with more of the company's shady practices coming out? Well, I'm one of those people who deleted the uh, Uber app from his phone, even though I did not remove my account entirely. Uh, I have been using Lyft for the last few weeks uh, on the occasion that I need to grab a ride somewhere, and it's worked out pretty well for me. In general, I prefer to take public transit when I'm visiting a city, if that's possible, because I just I believe in supporting public transit, and I believe that we should be using it much, much more, and that it should be expanded beyond where it is already. Uh, and so I, I don't like ride sharing uh, insofar as it's possible to avoid it. I like walking, too. Um, but, you know, sometimes you, there's just no alternative if you're late to catch a flight or something. It's the fastest way to go sometimes. So I've been sticking with Lyft for the moment. Um, I'm not super uh, sanguine about uh, Uber's prospects in terms of turning their um, philosophies around. Uh, but they're also a very big company, and I don't know how much of a dent that'll make in the long term. I've used Uber like twice just because I wanted to see what it was like. And like the experience is pleasant and stuff but like I, I had problems with the way uber operates before all of the you know stuff happened the, the, the last couple of months or the last month which really just made it a i don't know how people work there honestly <laughs> like from the articles that are coming out but like, i had like the, the original problem with just how they treat their workers which aren't supposedly their workers but contract workers or whatever because people aren't actually employed by them so i, I found that system fishy 
from the get go. So I've never been a huge fan of Uber. Uh, but like the thing is, like I just wish like taxi services would sort of get their own apps that work half as well as the Uber one because we have one here. Uh, we don't have Uber by the way in Slovenia for some reason. Like, I don't know how they haven't infiltrated into Slovenia yet because they're all around us, but they haven't come here. And there's been this big debate. And basically, the, the I think the voices sort of um, uh, saying that they should, you know, hire the people to drive for them have been stronger over here. So they haven't come to us. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference because people are still going to use them because it's cheaper, but the, the costs are sort of, you know, the, the workers kind of bear the brunt of that. And I, that's just not a good thing. So I don't know. Sorry. I'm just not, not really an Uber fan. Yeah. I did use it to go from the full house house in San Francisco back to the center of San Francisco, <laughs> if that helps, because we wanted to see the full house house. That's the most San Francisco thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the big thing is that I just don't want to call a number and talk to a dispatcher. I'm not interested in that. So give me an app that I can use to call a car, a taxi, whatever. Uh, when I've uh, been in Portland the last few years, they have uh, they famously have, have kind of tried to push out Uber, although they have it there, um, but they, they uh, you know, Portland has sort of like re- tried to resist for a while. They had an app that was called Taxi Magic. It's now called Curb that the taxis there use and other places use it too. It's, it is a taxi app and it's not bad. And I used it when I was in Portland and it was just fine. And uh, yeah, it's not quite the same, but to me, the big deal with these services is especially if I can pay and call a, a, a car all from an app so that all, all I can do is wait for the car and then get in and go to my destination and not have to worry about the rest of it. That's really all I want. And beyond that, everything else is just kind of gravy. So I, I don't have a problem with it. I will say, uh, in terms of traveling to other big cities, I do use public transportation a lot. Not, I'm not uh, as confident, I'm not confident enough to use buses, but um, if there are trains that are running around, I will try to use those. So like when I go to New York or Boston um, or even Chicago, I will try to use uh, transit. Uh, when I go to London, I, I will take the tube. Even from Heathrow, I will take the train into my destination. And that's great when, when it's possible, when there's a good public transit network. So I, I prefer that, honestly. And it's cheaper. Yeah, same. I prefer public, public transit when it's an option. It's such a nice way to see the city and like interact with locals and kind of cover more ground than you normally would um, in a cab. But what's always been nice about uh, Uber and Lyft is no matter where you travel, at least in the U.S., it's kind of like in the background is like a peace of mind, like, okay, where I don't know where my hotel is going to be or my Airbnb in relation to where I need to go. But if I can't, um, if I can't like take a bus there or if like the subway doesn't go where I am, I will be able to just reach into my phone and have a car come to me within like five minutes. Um, and so the thing with Austin, which was so interesting, is, you know, these apps had been there for years and then all of a sudden they were like taken away. So the local um, a lot of people within Austin kind of created their own ride sharing services that did abide by these new regulations. And I think they're fine for the normal your normal weekend rush, your normal like Monday through Friday, normal Austin usage. But like the impact of all these people coming to Austin for South by Southwest really, really, really put these services to the test. And there was one Saturday night when they all crashed. And so then 
my coworker Caitlin McGarry and I, we were out pretty far away where the South by Southwest shuttle doesn't go. Um, transit in Austin, public transit isn't like that great either. So we were kind of stuck for a little bit. And lo and behold, just as we thought, you know, we were going to have to walk like a couple miles back, uh, a yellow cab pulled out out of nowhere. So sometimes uh-huh. the most efficient like <laughs> modes of transportation are the ones that have always been there. <laughs> and then you said... This never happens in San Francisco. <laughs> Literally. And Caitlin was like, or New York, because everybody would be fighting us for the same cab. But no, it just like came right to us, and it was pretty great. The best car is the one that shows up right in front of you. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. We are two topics in. We have two topics left to go. That means it's halftime. So let me tell you about our sponsor this week. Our halftime sponsor is Linode. Fast, powerful hosting for your projects. You can set it up in just seconds. They have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources, choose your Linux distro, and you get the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans start at $5 a month. I cannot emphasize how wild it is that for $5 a month, you can have a dedicated Linux server with a gig of RAM in the Linode cloud, your own server on the internet to do with as you please. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode can be the right choice for you. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server, you know, really seriously, there's a web page and you click and you have a server. It's amazing. It offers the fastest hardware and network. Fantastic customer support is behind it all. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. Great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting a large database, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, running your own tech blog, running your own podcast network. Oh, those are mine. That's what I use my Linode server for. And so much more. Linode has some amazing amazing pricing. I mentioned the one gig server for $5 a month. You can go all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for only $60 a month. They all come with their own transfer uh, data caps as well that are, are, are amazing, and it would be very hard. You'd have to work very hard to fill the transfer limits, too. Two gig plan, 30 gigs of storage, $10 a month. Just incredible. Uh, Linode continues to offer more and more awesome options to meet your server needs. Across the board, they're offering twice the amount of RAM you'll get elsewhere. And you can get a deal. You can get $20 toward any Linode plan by going to linode.com slash clockwise. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash clockwise. Seven-day money-back guarantee. So there's nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more. Sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or when you check out, just remember to use the promo code clockwise2017. Thank you to Linode for keeping my server on the internet and for supporting clockwise all right time for topic number three dan so apple uh, announced a few minor uh new products and updates yesterday pretty much entirely in press releases i'm curious to know among all of those if any of them struck you as particularly significant and why anjay any thoughts the the red iphone actually which well, significant might not be the right word, but um, I was uh, at the IFA uh, trade show last year uh, where uh, Huawei uh, introduced like the, their old phone at that point, like the P9 in like red and blue. And it, it was really like it was a nice thing, like to have something that's not either a black or a silver sort of slab in your hand. It was like a different color and the finish was a little different. And it just sort of reminded me of those uh, Nokia phones when they finally decided that Windows Phone was going to be the future and they started making like really nice hardware. It was, it was from sort of like 
plastic, but not really plastic materials. And they came in all sorts of colors. So when I saw that iPhone, it was like, re- it, I mean, genuinely really nice because I think they're getting kind of boring with the, you know, sort of the the black silver and sometimes you get a gold variant in there. And I don't know, I think I hopefully colorful phones are a thing of the future. I don't know because I guess if, if it's a red phone, I guess I can't make that many of them at the volumes that they'd need because I, I figured the, the red phones aren't that, like they don't sell that many of them. But I mean, I just hope it's sort of an indication into an, a future where you could get like an iPhone in like five different colors, you know, like the, the old iPods. Uh, that that would be awesome. That's why I'm hoping it's a significant phone, but more more probably it's just a red phone, a one-off, a charity thing, and we'll never see it again. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. So, yeah. I would love more colorful stuff from Apple. Um, and by the way, the red phone, the red iPhone, only phone you can use to call Batman. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Wait, you can't use the jet black phone to call Batman? No. Is that what he has? That's what Batman has. Yeah. You call him on the red phone, but he answers on the jet black. Exactly. Now you've worked sense. it out. Okay. Um, yeah. That's at your local Gotham wireless dealer. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to say the iPad, or which is weird because it's, it's back to just being the iPad. It's not the iPad Air 3. It's the iPad fifth generation, which is also weird. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it because Apple has tried hard to put a modern processor in... Uh, a device that actually backtracks on some of the expensive innovations of the iPad Air 2 in order to get the price down by 70 bucks. And I think this is an, uh, a significant move on Apple's part to try and get the core iPad, which is what we think of not as the, the high-end you know, iPad Pros and all that, but the iPad. In fact, going back to calling it the iPad, getting its base price cut by $70 by cheaping out on some things, but also making it modern in terms of the processor that's inside it. It's not, you know, a four-year-old model. And uh, one of the issues with the iPad is uh, having a, a valuable iPad down at the bottom for education and just for people who want to buy an iPad and don't want to spend that much because all they want it for, you know, they don't want the iPad Pro features. They just want to get an iPad and they don't want to spend too much for it. And so I think it is significant that Apple has gone that direction of pulling some functionality uh, in terms of hardware design out of the product from what the iPad Air 2 did in terms of having the laminated display and all of that and going back to an older design that's a little thicker and a little heavier but has that uh, new processor and is cheaper because cheaper matters or or at least apple is hoping that cheaper matters as a way to drive ipad sales so i think it's relevant um i think the biggest thing was that the 16 gig storage capacity is finally gone like that this storage (laughs) option has been way too small even for the most basic of iphone users that aren't don't use a lot of apps or take a lot of photos um that space just does not get you very far Um, And when the SE came out, I think people were still surprised to see that that was an option since it's been phased out of all of the other iPhones. So um, this has been a long time coming, and I'm glad that we have reached this point. Yeah, those are all good answers. I think the um, I'm kind of intrigued by this new uh, Clips app that Apple mentioned. It did not release yesterday because I guess it's coming in early April. But essentially, it's an, an app that lets you create short videos a la, I don't know, any number of things, right? Vines, Instagram, stories, Snapchats, that kind of stuff that you can then uh, export to a bunch of different social media services or send via messages or what have you. Uh, Apple has always had a lot of trouble in sort of the social media arena. It's not something that it feels like they've ever really grokked. Uh, And so I'm kind of curious to why this 
floated to the top of products that we should make. It kind of feels like something that some people at Apple were like, hey, we could like knock this together. That could be kind of fun. And Apple's like, oh, that's great. We'll, we'll put that out. Um, and so I'm kind of curious to see if there's something that, that ends up actually catching on. Some of the technology in it seems pretty cool, like the ability to uh, use dictation to automatically create captions and time them with the video. Um, that's very clever. Uh, it seems like it could be popular. It could be interesting. Um, but, the, you know, with these things, it's always kind of hit or miss because it really depends on whether or not people end up using it and and that's a hard thing to control for especially in something that's social media is is very um at the whims and sort of a capriciousness of its users so i'm, I'm intrigued to see if that's something that catches on or this ends up going the way of ping or any of apple's other uh social media forays but i think all of these things are are very interesting, if minor, developments from Apple this week. So thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our last topic from Anjay. So this is a sentence I've been hearing on podcasts and in my life a lot. And it's I've been watching more and more YouTube, other things people over 30 now say, apparently. And I'm one of them. So I'm looking for more channels to subscribe to. So there's four of us. The plan is uh, each of us says a techie and uh, one non-techie channel that they like. So there. So I'm going to I'm going to start by taking a, an easy one off the board, not that this is a draft or anything, but uh <laughs> I love CGP Gray's channel. I think it's great. It's one of my favorites. I loved his videos before he got a podcast on the Relay Network where I also have podcasts. Um very carefully considered, lots of fun. Uh I love the style of uh of the stick animated stick figures. <laughs> I think it's really great. So I recommend it highly. Um I have a bunch of others that I have been floating around that the the sad thing is they don't get updated very often like i really loved bbc america's anglophenia channel which explained the differences between british people and american people but that hasn't been updated in a year uh, i like alton brown's channel um, for a while he basically had revived good eats as a series of videos uh, and that it was a cooking show that i really liked uh, it's more just sort of self-promotional for his uh his recent uh stage tour that he did so uh, less good lately but i like that one a lot so there's three on jay Assange has been watching more and more YouTube. I've been watching less and less YouTube. Um, <laughs> I don't really follow any specific channel anymore. I'm consuming more video um, like through Instagram stories or through Snapchat or things that people have shared with me. Um, oh, my God, Anjay. YouTube is over. <laughs> Just as old people have gotten into it, young people have gotten yeah. out of it. No! Okay, let me rephrase. I still go to YouTube for, I search for a lot of like how-tos and tutorials on YouTube, and I still do watch a lot of things on YouTube, but I'm not following like YouTube personalities or like any specific channel. Um, but there have been some interesting YouTube series that have popped up, but they're more just kind of like short-lived things. Um, I just started watching this show called Hermione Granger and the Quarter-Life Crisis, which is excellent. <laughs> it imagines Hermione breaking up with Ron Weasley and moving to Los Angeles <laughs> with uh, Pavardi for her fellow Gryffindor. So it's um, it's pretty interesting. It's like a modern take on what could have been. And y- you guys know how much I love Harry Potter, so I'm all about that. Um, tech wise, I really like Carrie Davis's show on Engadget. It's called In Case You Missed It. And it's a really nice daily recap of some of the most WTF things that are going on um, in the tech space. And that is also available on YouTube. I think it's on a hiatus right now, though, but it's still worth checking out. I do not watch YouTube 
at all except for i go to like i i this is how it goes i was like oh man Andre's gonna ask a question about youtube i need to go and look at youtube channels like <laughs> 20 minutes later i've watched several trailers for movies i haven't found any sort of channels because i totally got distracted um i will say the one sort of non-techie channel that i watch stuff on occasionally is geek and sundry which is felicia day's yeah. podcast network um tabletop, tabletop. With Will wheaton is a is a cool show about playing board games and there's a bunch of there are some D&D podcasts, that kind of stuff. So I think it's got a lot of cool, nerdy content. It's usually pretty enjoyable. Um, tech stuff, man, I, I, don't th- I don't have a thing. I don't have a single tech YouTube show. I just, I can't watch video content that much like that regularly. Like, I love the idea of it, um, but whenever I sort of sit down and try to do something like that, I just, I find that it, it engages too much of my attention. I can't really multitask easily. So I'll watch like one-off videos here and there, but there's, I don't think I literally subscribe to any channels on YouTube at all. So I am useless and did not answer your question. My apologies. Just say the incomparable, Dan. Say the incomparable. You can watch us play Dungeons and Dragons. Do we have YouTube? I guess we have YouTube. Yeah, watch us. Watch the incomparable. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same way. Like I didn't used to watch that much, but then I with the Chromecast, because it's easy to just flick it on the TV, I watch a lot of American Late Night, actually. And I just oh. kept getting into it, and I subscribed to a bunch of It just happened overnight somehow. I was the same way but I, I actually do watch a lot of stuff now as far as the the techie shows go this is like a pretty obvious one but i just love the guy because they're short they're usually like under five minutes or under four minutes it's unbox therapy with this canadian guy that just unboxes stuff and yells at the camera which i just find it hilarious every time it's like probably my favorite thing to do every time the, a new uh, video shows up so that's that's sort of the tacky one and the non-tacky one is actually a channel that i heard from uh, about from uh, john syracusa on uh, uh, his Merlin and John show. I hate the name, so it's the Merlin and John show on Relay FM. <laughs> and it's uh, movies with Mikey. Uh, the channel is actually Chainsuit Original. I think yeah. that's the the channel name. But like Movies with Mikey is a guy that's a that's a writer for the uh, games company um, uh, Gearbox Software. So he wrote for the Borderlands series and stuff. Uh, and he does like he does. They're not really movie reviews. He sort of. It, like talks about what the movie means to him and stuff. It's sort of very subjective, but those are actually long videos, like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And I've actually gone through all of them, which I don't know if I'm supposed to be proud of that. But I, I genuinely enjoy those videos. Like I don't really like, I don't know. I, I don't see eye to eye with the guy most of the time, but he just cuts them up together in a way that's very appealing to me. So I watch a lot of that. And uh, yeah, I also watched The Incomparable. That, that is true. Good. Yeah. Excellent. So that is four topics. Jason, do we have enough time for a bonus topic today? We do. Our bonus topic this week brought to you by Squarespace. Use the offer code CLOCKWISE at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. You can get a unique domain award-winning templates and more you create an online store or a portfolio or a blog whatever it's an all-in-one platform that lets you do what you want there's nothing to install no patches to worry about no upgrades required squarespace takes care of all of that you just build your site and it looks beautiful they have award-winning 24 7 customer support if you need help you can quickly and easily grab a unique domain name so you can say i'm at whatever.com or whatever.net or whatever.info or really whatever you want your domain to be all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas 
plans start at just $12 a month, and you can start a trial with no credit card necessary to try it out before you buy by just going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, use that offer code CLOCKWISE to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Clockwise. Thank you to Squarespace for their support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Here's the bonus topic. We are about to enter the month of April, famously called the cruelest month. And I'm just curious, thinking about months, thinking about spring, what is your favorite month? Leah? Well, fall is my favorite season, so my favorite month is October, because that's when fall's in. It's like full fall glory, and it's like crisp but not cold, and the sun's typically still out, and for East Coasters, the leaves are changing. For Californians, not so much, because what does that even mean? But, you know, I like the idea of it all. Um, And Halloween's kind of the best, and that's in October, too. I reject your thesis that April's the cruelest month for my birthday is in April and I take it personally. Um, but, uh, I, you know, my favorite month might be I don't know, December. Maybe I just like Christmas a lot and it's usually before it's gotten too cold and snowy around here. So yeah, I'll go with December. Sure. Don't blame me. Blame T.S. Eliot. I, I do every day. December. That's madness. That's just <laughs> who picks December. <laughs> like that's just. Uh, can I just use my time just to say that that's insane? That nobody should pick December. Nobody. Christmas season starts, so the light. Uh, I just even I can't. So Andre picks all eleven months that are not <laughs> December. <laughs> Basically, yes. I'll 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 choose any month other than December. Which is literally the worst month. And this so, is, yeah. isn't a draft, so I could agree with Leah and, and say October, which is the month I was born in, plus has all those great fall features that she described. But you know what? I love summer. It's my favorite. And uh, June was always when, you know, you get out of school and the weather really starts to warm up. And I love June because it is the beginning of real summer. So I'm going to say June is my favorite month. So there. Also, flag day is in June. Nobody cares. Anyway, we've reached the end <laughs> of Clockwise for this week. Just time to thank our guest, Leah Yamshun. Thank you very much for being on Clockwise again. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Ajay Tomic, thank you so much for being here. When this is over, somebody explain to me what Flag Day is. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dan, we did it. Uh, somehow this actually got to the end. So hooray for us. Well, that's the one thing that we can be sure of with the clock. It always ticks forward. It always does, right? The end is always coming and it's just about here. So all we have to do is remind everybody out there until next week, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Goodbye, everybody. Bird noises. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs>